Thank you for joining me on this episode 21 of the Violent Detroit podcast. A uh, very, very special episode for me. Uh, I got to speak with Owen Williams of Xvoid. For those of you who may not be familiar with Owen and his work, uh, Owen was part of uh, the band Joanna Gruesome, who frankly came on the scene with like a vengeance back in the uh, mid 2010s. Uh, and really, really made a name for themselves. And as you'll hear during this discussion, he was very young at the time. Uh, things didn't work out there for many reasons and uh, emerged a few years later uh, with this act, which is one of many that he's involved with. Uh, he's also involved with uh, Sniffany and the Knits, uh, the Tubs, uh, and, and really others. So, you know, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with Owen. He's a fun guy. Uh, very insightful in terms of music and, and artwork. Uh, this album was number two on my 2022 top five list. Uh, very easily could have been number one, probably like a 1A, 1B this year. Um, just a, a wonderful album. We're going to speak at length about it. Uh, the album is called Bigger Than Before. You can get it on, frankly, one of my favorite labels right now, Prefect Records, uh, run by Mark Dobson uh, over in the U.K., and uh, you'll hear a little bit more about that as well as uh, Owen's involvement in the label, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to me until, frankly, the night before we spoke. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with Owen. He was a wonderful guy, very, very generous in speaking with me. And we are going to go ahead and listen to my discussion with Owen Williams of Xvoid. episode of the Vinyl Detroit podcast, a very special episode for me as they all are. Uh, this one happens to be special for other reasons. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to Owen Williams from Xvoid uh, regarding their Bigger Than Before album, which uh, came out a couple months ago in, the, in Europe on Prefect Records, one of my favorites right now. 
and uh, I believe is coming out or has come out here in the U.S. on Don Giovanni. So today we have Owen Williams from X Void, and we're going to speak about their album that came out earlier this year on Prefect Records in, I believe, the U.K. or Europe. And here in, in the States, it's Don Giovanni. I'm not sure the rest of the world, but I'm sure it's coming out in a lot of places. We have Owen Williams. Welcome, Owen. Hello. It's great to have you. I'm really excited to talk to you. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't express how, enough how much I've been listening to this album and, and really kind of can't wait to talk to you about it. Yeah, bring it on. All right, good. Okay, here we go. Get ready. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I guess I wanted to, to kind of give a little bit of context as to um, kind of how, how this band came about uh, by speaking a little bit about a previous band that many, many people are familiar with, uh, Joanna Gruesome. Uh, one of you and, and Lana uh, had formed with some other folks and um, came, really hit the scene, major critical review, major uh, commercial success. Um, and then and then there was a breakup. I, I didn't really I'm not going to really get into all that here with with this show. But um, it what I read and this is kind of what I wanted to ask you about was it sounded like you and she reconnected. And I read online it was at a contemporary dance class. I, I don't know how how true that is. Um, but if it is true, I'd love to hear more about it. And if it isn't true, um, that's up to you. But I guess the question really goes is, how did that discussion to, to reform take place? I'd like to know more about that. Well, I would say we've assimilated a lot of lies into the public <laughs> over the years. Um, so unfortunately, we did not meet re- meet again in a, in a contemporary dance context. Um and we did. We also Joanna Gruson didn't um, meet in an anger management class either. <gasps> really? Uh, so, so yeah, we've sort of stopped stopped kind of peddling lies. We enjoyed kind of peddling lies that contradicted each other for a, for a while. But mm-hmm. um, I think uh, we've gotten slightly tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep up with all the lies. <laughs> yeah, because people ask about it, and uh, yeah, and you know that was the point, I suppose. But um, but no, so so the band uh, in in its um, that original uh, lineup uh, broke up, and then Joanna Gruesome was going for a bit in kind of various other lineups. Um, then that sort of disbanded, and and yeah, we would. I mean, I hadn't seen Lan for for a few years, and then we 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 just happened to be at a gig together. And then I think we were quite pissed and we and we were having a cigarette and I just and I think as a joke, I was like, why don't we just do another band? <laughs> and it seemed like a quite a ridiculous idea because we'd had this whole saga with Jenna Gruesome. Mm-hmm. It all ended. And then so we and then Lan was like, Yeah, okay, that sounds funny. <laughs> and um and so X Void was born. Um yeah, so I think maybe if we didn't happen to be at that gig, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. Uh, did did you and they get together and speak about uh, how how the the direction of this project was going to be at that point, or was that something that you guys had spoken I think, about later? I, th- I think we spoke about it a bit later. I mean, I had just been listening to like, because I, I I think the thing with Jenna Gruesome was we were we had this strange kind of insecurity about being like a pop band mm-hmm. and about and so we we would always kind of um 
we'd <laughs> make the we'd write these pop m- melodies and then try to sort of bury them in, in as much noise as possible, mm-hmm. keep them as low in the mix as possible. Um, and so the the one principle we came into with this band was just that, like, why don't we just turn the vocals up? Because it's obscene that we're <laughs> that we're oh, trying wow. to pretend that we're not into like melody. <laughs> what, do you know what I mean? Oh, for and, sure. Uh, so so that was the 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 founding principle um and then and then yeah i guess i mean the way it works is that i write sort of half the songs lan writes half the songs and at that point i was listening to a lot of i mean i guess i guess things like teenage fan club stuff that um kind of like the poppier end of the (laughs) of the uh stuff that Joanna Gruesome was uh, sure. playing. But we, we went through like a weird sort of that kind of 90s trajectory of like slowly becoming more melodic. But obviously it's not the 90s anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's quite strange, strange parallel. Well, they just they just reissued the, the, um, the Lemonheads album. So it, it, mm. does, it does feel like a bit like the early 90s right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I occasionally feel a bit sort of... Um, like weird about, <laughs> about yeah. how much we love the 90s but i mean it's just the music that i i like we like playing and it doesn't feel like we're trying to be like oh let's sound like latter era teenage fan club or right or like shame about rave we just we just end up playing open guitar chords and pop melodies and it just comes out that way i guess yeah. but yeah so there was definitely an emphasis on like pop for for x void it's yeah and it definitely comes through and and you know i when i got the album i i bought it on a recommendation back in march and i i I love the import stuff so i ordered it from prefect direct and Mm. um so you know i i had heard it streaming of course while i was waiting for it and i didn't really draw the parallels until and, and i'm not good with that i'm not good at comparing you know, an album to a scene or an album to other artists. I just think they all kind of stand on their own. Uh, so mm. when I, you know, when I got it and then I was, I was listening to it pretty obsessively. And then once you and I spoke about doing this and the research started, that's when all those parallels I was reading about. And, and I, and it was hard to, it was hard to argue with some of those. I mean, teenage fan club is, is, is just, I mean, there's some, there's, and you know what I'm talking about. There's some parts in there that are just, so reminiscent of what they were doing and, and, and what, I mean, they, I don't think they really do that now, but what they mm. were doing then. And it just, it strikes a chord, at least with me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think hopefully it sound it sounds like X void primarily. Absolutely. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I was just listening to so much teenage fan club and it's kind of embarrassing because it's like, I, I, a friend of mine, well, he's sort of a family friend. It's like just joined Teenage Fan Club now. Oh, wow. So I'm like, uh, find myself a bit more embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, band, Bandwagon-esque for me was, uh, it was, it represented, and I don't know, this will probably give away my age, but I don't really care. I'm 48 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really, it really, for me, it was like my, my junior year of high school and I'd have my disc man. And, and I'd walk around listening to that album over and over again. And, um, so, you know, when I, when I read about the parallels, that's when it came up, but yeah, from my perspective, this is, this is its own. And, and, you know, Mm. I, I really think I reposted it on my Instagram yesterday that it's just on constant rotation. I think people need to hear it. It's, it's accessible. Mm. It's got, 
I mean, it's got great lyrics. It's just got all the parts. I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's like Teenage Fan Club kind of sounds like, you know, the birds or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and none of it's groundbreaking in a kind of stylistic sense, I would argue, but it's just melody, isn't it? That's what, that's what keeps the, the thread going, I think. A hundred percent. And I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to have Radiohead on here, so I suppose <laughs> I can speak about them a bit. I, I never got it. Like I was one of those people that I just like, where's the melody? Where's the structure? And there's others that are like, well, you just don't get it. Well, I guess I don't because I, I, I like the pop song. I like the structure. I, it, for me, I just think it, 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 it has these confines and mm. it's what you do as an artist or a band or a group to make those confines your own. Yeah, and and I think we we tend to just focus, we we focus really hard on you know, melody and hooks, mm-hmm. and we we barely give it any sort of time thought thought to like texture or like arrangement. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, there was a there was a review which put it quite well where they said that the songs on the album are just sort of like hook delivery sort of units or something like they use some kind of. Me- mechanical term and, and i think I that's it. kind of it you know like yeah. I, I i to me it's like that's what i care about i don't really care about finding like interesting sounds i love that in other music but you know in this and i think it doesn't re- it's not really where our talent lies you know? yeah yeah no I, I i would agree i mean it's it's just i love that like a melody hook delivery units <laughs> i love that <laughs> um you know, I guess uh, there's been a little bit of talk about the name, and and the name is obviously unique. Uh, it, it catches your eye. It kind of reminds me of, and this is funny. So when I saw it, like you just, you create these like just impressions in your head when you see things, you know. And when I first saw Death Cab for Cutie, I got the same feeling. So <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, nope, not for me. And then my friend Mario from Shoestrings, who I've I've played with them, and and they're my best friends and uh, everything else. He was this is probably back in the I don't know 2004. He's like, have you heard Death Cab for Cutie? I'm like, no. I'm like, you haven't either, right? He's like, no. It's not what you think it is. And mm. I got the same thing here when I saw the when I saw your name prior to hearing it. I was thinking, I mean, do we have like you know speed metal? Like, <laughs> what is it? And, and it's so different. So if you could maybe share just to kind of get those who maybe haven't read about that, some, some, just a quick background on, on how that name came about. And, and I guess the second part of it is maybe we could also talk about the, the album title at this point as well. I think it'd be good to have some context. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a bit anticlimactic really, because <laughs> I mean, generally we have, we're terrible at like naming any of our bands. <laughs> like we called our, our last band, Joanna Grusin, which was like a real albatross around our neck, you know? Oh, but... And, and so, so I th- after that, we were like, we spent ages just coming up with these band names and they were all completely meaningless. And I, I don't even know how we ended up with X for it. I don't know why there's an umlaut on it. Right. But, <laughs> right. But but we wanted something that I think, like in terms of what you were saying, I think we wanted something that sounded like a sort of like speed metal band or something. You know, <laughs> you know, just again, it was that that slightly weird contrary aspect we have to playing what's right. essentially kind of indie pop, I suppose. Uh, we we wanted to pick something that was like slightly confusing, I suppose, or like uh, contrary. Yeah. That makes um, sense. <clears throat> So, you, so 
yeah, I, I think I wish I had a more sort of like compelling <laughs> explanation <laughs> for, for the band name. But we just, I mean, the only advantage of it is that it's not like a terrible pun, you know? Right. Uh, so, and then in terms of <laughs> the band, the, the album title, it's it's just from a meme that uh, Lan saw. They showed us this meme that was like, um, I can't even remember what it was. It was some kind of like food that was being kind of like expanded into a balloon and then it just said bigger than before <laughs> we all thought it was funny and then we called the and then we called the album bigger than before because it kind of sounded like an album title sure so um i would say we we put thought into the lyrics we're not completely just uh flippant about it but um but the the album title and the band name uh i would say a bit meaningless <laughs> um yeah and, I, and I'll, I'll echo what owen said about the lyrics so um if if anybody wants to get a quick you know probably two minute 40 second uh glimpse of the band uh check out uh there's a there's a video I don't, i'm not sure if they call it a lyric that's no, not a lyric video because you guys are in it for no other Ooh. way and uh the lyrics are there and you'll find that it, and even in that small snippet these i mean these are not like bubblegum they're not uh, like totally abstract. They they connect with me, and um, and I would I would concur that there's there was definitely thought in lyrics. So you had mentioned that you and that you and Lan uh, each kind of wrote half of the songs. Do, do you do you write the entire song, or do you handle just the lyric side of half? Like how does that work? So yeah, generally it will be a pretty even split where I will. Yeah, write all the lyrics and the chords and stuff um, for my songs and vice versa. Okay. Um, occasionally we do chip in with like a, a bridge or something. Sure. But um, generally, lyrics wise, it's completely split. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I, I'm definitely going to listen to it a little differently now. Uh, yeah, it, it's fun. This is why I do this. This is exactly why. Because I love to hear about the, the inner workings, the behind the scenes stuff that really nobody Ooh. knows. That's really neat. Uh, I was going to ask you more about the comparisons to Teenage Fan Club, Lemonheads. I mean, I hear I hear Big Star there. I'm not going to really go into that again because I think you covered that well enough. So mm. that's going to get us into uh, our next song we're going to hear. Obviously, we heard Churchyard in the beginning, the lead track. We're going to go ahead and hear the track, which, which is great. I mean, I could have put literally every track on here. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and hear the track So Neurotic. You are safe tonight i 
I, I understand if I have it right and correct me if I'm wrong that you, yourself or and or most of the band are from Wales. Uh, I do have some Welsh in my family, which is kind of fun. Um, mm. Did did growing up in that in that part of the UK and England uh, influence the sound of the band or, or or your songwriting in any way? Uh, well, I would say no. I mean, okay. growing up in Wales, South Wales. I think it would be quite hard, you'd be slightly hard pressed to sort of identify a sound that you could actually trace to South Wales. I mean, I guess okay. if we sounded like the Manic Street Preachers, then Got maybe it. we could we, we could say, oh, we're, we, we sound like a South Welsh band. Mm-hmm. But, but I would say it came, you know, we grew up with the internet, uh, you know, so I, w- I was just obsessed with, things like Sarah Records, like 90s indie rock, like Dinosaur Jr. Sure. I, I was just, I was listening to all of that. And we we were in, we were playing in bands that were in a kind of loose sort of kind of hardcore scene in South Wales. There were a few kind of indie rock bands, but we were maybe the only band sort of playing that kind of sound. I mean, I... When we started Joanna Grusin, I was about seventeen. Oh wow! And I and I was I was just kind of really like just emulating those, those kind of um, those bands, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the band, you know, many, probably many of the bands who you've interviewed. Yep. Um, and I think gradually, especially once I started working with Lan, we we I think we sort of carved out our own weird sort of postmodern kind of like uh <laughs> blend of those that kind of music uh, and kind of found our own voice through through that kind of that postmodern approach um but in terms of like us being from like i i in x void i'm the only welsh member oh, so okay so like yeah I, I think you'd be slightly hard pressed to find it but although on our new album we do mention I, or at least in my songs, I mention Wales a few times, so you can trace it through through the lyrics. Interesting. I'll have to give that a, a close. I, I always do give a totally different listen after I speak to somebody. I mean, I, I wish, and that's why I do this. I mean, I wish everybody had a chance to speak to the artists that that mean a lot to them, because you know, there's just there's they, they, we we create these illusions of what you know what you are or what whoever is, and. You know, once you kind of get a little glimpse behind the curtain, it really, it, it, I guess, it can do two things. I mean, one, it can really enrich the interest, or I guess it could really turn you off too. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> no, no, not in this case for sure. So, but, um, yeah, I, I like I like to ask you a little more about the about the Sarah interest because, um, and I did an episode with Claire uh, early on. I just, I still, I still thank her uh, for for taking that chance i mean she didn't know anything about me i didn't have any sort of uh track record or anything and she was just the best i mean is is the band really into similar things like sarah or does it does the band really represent a diverse background in terms of interests i think it yeah a fairly diverse background i mean like for instance like i don't think lan was like i think lan likes a lot of that music but uh yeah, and it's hard not to talk about this band without kind of talking about Joanna Grusin because I think because me and Lan have been working for together for so long, it's kind sure. of sort of intertwined. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I as I say, I like I loved that music, and 
for and that had it for it was like being part of this new strange kind of world which i guess i only experienced online through like blogs and stuff because i suppose it was still fairly early internet mm-hmm. um but i guess with joanna gruesome we kind of because we when we started playing we were kind of we were playing a lot of like what we would call like twee shows and things mm, like that interesting and um and indie pop shows based around things like indie tracks festival in the sure. uk um and at the time it, we were I, we had this real like sort of very like teenage uh kind of mercurial like love hate relationship with that kind of music you know so so that's why with joanna gruesome you get all these kind of like strange songs where there's like one minute there's a kind of like straight rip off of like a and another sunny day song or something mm-hmm. like that and then a kind of load of blast beats and like metal riffs and hardcore <laughs> it's because because we because we thought we had this kind of like tortured kind of relationship with t- what we thought of as twee or like mm-hmm. kind of wet music um and <laughs> and i think and but i think through that came quite an interesting approach where we we'd like to kind of like play off the extremes of you know perfect pop and and hardcore and, th- and other interests and i've been playing in kind of hardcore bands through my 20s and mm-hmm. and i think x void is perhaps shifting that ratio a little um and yeah kind of embracing the pop uh while having a w- with the approach of a hardcore band you know and i mean do you think that's just part of the evolution of of the songwriting or or is that like you know I, I spoke to glenn from the reds pinks and purples and we had a similar conversation about this that you know he had done a lot of hardcore a lot of punk a lot of really experimental things and then he said i just want to make pop music and mm. I, did, I mean did that did that epiphany come was it that clear or was it more of an evolution Mm, it's interesting because I think you can see that sort of evolution in in a ton of bands, right? Like, I think when you're like a teenager, you immediately think that making noise or hardcore or like experimental music is like has got a certain amount of credibility that making pop music doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, so it seems like you know that guy or me were like as we've gotten older you start you sort of become a bit more comfortable in actually like uh you know making pop music and it's you're not sort of like i say you're not sort of tortured about it you're not you're not embarrassed or like you don't have that kind of teenage contrariness which I, but, but maybe that kind of impulse when you're younger can make it more interesting you know i think a lot of bands can go too far the other way and start making quite middle of the road sounding music you know so i've, I've tried to keep that that aspect of our sound um, in the mix on with with X Floyd and not and not completely reject it because it could be a bit you know like bland if if we went totally pop although if the melody's there then it's fine I'd say but. yeah yeah no I, I yeah there this this album is I mean to me uh, you know is anything but bland I really I really think it's going to be. As, as I have my hand on it right in front of me here, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be an album that I'm going to love for a long time. I mean, it's, 
it's it's pop, which tends to have. I mean, pop popular tends to be cyclical. Uh, I, I really, and I'm not just saying this because I'm speaking to you. I really believe that it's going to stand the test of time. That you know, we're going to look back in a couple years, five years, or whatever, and we're going to be looking and at the work that you've done or anybody else has done, and we're going to say that that album holds and it holds up. I really, I really believe that. I, I'm not just making that up. And um, it's a, it's a, it's a testament to you guys. And you know, when I again, I we were kind of talking a little bit about how you know another one of the the folks that I spoke to uh, previously is a fan of of you guys. And one of the things that they mentioned to me uh, was the 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 unique uh, harmony, the harmonies that you and Lan have and it's not just that what makes it unique and you know where i'm going with this is that it's entire songs worth and it's almost an entire album worth which i don't i don't know who else does that uh and it's mm. the same with like the guitar solo work and some i mean it's a lot of it's like duplicated and um it's it's really unique and i guess i kind of wanted to know from you where that comes from where did that idea or concept come from yeah, I, th I think it came quite naturally to us. But I mean, it was never that intentional because me and Lan kind of met slightly by chance anyway. But I think we realized that our voices, we both sing quite quietly and, and, and we both like using like trills and have almost kind of like a folky way of singing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we realized that like our voices sort of uh, stick to like very closely um and yeah i mean generally they're not actually in harmony they're just sort of like octaves and they're oh, okay. and they're kind of but because yeah i think it's slightly unusual in that we're both pretty much every vocal apart from a few of land songs actually but most of the vocals are kind of both of us both double tracked kind of sticking together really close which kind of creates this kind of very thick kind of heart yeah, like a sort of harmony. And and obviously we use a lot of actual harmonies on the top. Right. So, um, yeah, I think for, for some, because, you know, in other bands, I found that this doesn't really work. You know, mm -hmm. you have to kind of like do a bit of kind of interspersing. But something about our voices just kind of clicks really well. And I think it that's really essential to the sound. And that's why, you know, I love working with land. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely unique. And, and and when I talked to that other band, that was the one thing that, that she had said to me was that like nobody else is doing this. And and, and she actually said to me, uh, you know, we actually talked as a band that we should do an album like that. Oh <laughs> so, wow, well, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah very yeah, cool I mean, stuff. I, I mean I would say like, yeah, like we were as we were saying earlier in terms of like, you know, that slight insecurity about being uh, you know, sounding a lot like 90s bands or whatever. I th I would say, like, I feel that the melodies that me and Lan have worked on, the way we sing together, probably is the most unique or defining aspect of the band. And, and yeah, and, and like, I think we try to, to sort of structure the songs around that. Mm -hmm. No, it works. I think it works great. I, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, like, I was I was playing it for my daughter and her friend when I once you kind of said you were going to do it, and you know they're nineteen, they're not really into <laughs> into what I'm into, but 
Uh, but they still appreciate it. And I said, you have to listen to this. And when you listen to it, you have to check out the way the vocals are done. <laughs> and mm. so, you know, and they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, another unique thing about this album that as I'm looking at it again right now is um, the cover. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's got this, and I, I don't even really know. I want to, I guess, here's how I'll do this. The, it was designed by, is it Muschetto? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, Muschetto. Fernandez. Okay. Very unique. I mean, um, it, it almost looks like a throwback cover. I, I'm not, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but I guess what I was curious to find out is how you and, and Muschetto connected you and the band and, and is Muschetto a, a, a man or a woman? <laughs> uh, he's a guy. Yeah. Okay, he's, I got um, he, he's a good designer from uh, Glasgow. Yeah. I, I did some research, but I wasn't really sure. I, I couldn't tell by the name either. I guess what I was wondering was how the band came connected with him and, and how the, the concept was born, because it, it, it's one thing I like to focus on whenever I speak to somebody. I think the music has to be supported by the artwork. Uh, if the two don't run together, then I, I don't know me being a little bit critical of things. I'm like, oh, something, something's off here and it's not here. But yet the album cover is so I, I don't know. I guess let me just ask you about it. Where did the concept come from? Well, so the, the cover itself is, is just a shot from like a photo shoot that um, Max, who uh, was a member of Joanna Gruesome, um, uh, he, he, he shot that. And um, we had, I mean, it was a bit random, really. Like we, we, he had this, we had this giant sort of pink um, a kind, kind of silk backdrop. Mm-hmm. And um it kind of like a lot of the shots looked like we were inside a sort of like fallopian tube or something. <laughs> You're just being born. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And then just that shock, like just stood out as a kind of, it just felt like an album cover. Yeah. And, and I suppose in, in the past with Jenna Grewston, we, um, we were, I mean, there is a sort of little picture of us on the second album, but we were again, quite resistant to the idea of like, our picture being on the front of the album. There's all these kind of strange sort of like arbitrary, like uh, prejudices we had. That, um, and that we, that again, when we started x we were trying to sort of reject by being like, yeah, they have a classic album cover with with the people in the band on. You know? <laughs> um, so, and yeah, and then uh, we really like Bushito's design. He works with this label called uh, Night School in Glasgow. Oh. Who are, um, put out loads of great, like stuff like Molly Nielsen and stuff like that. Very nice. And, um, yeah, so we thought it would work well with his his kind of layout stuff. And yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't super kind of intentional, but, but yeah, that shot just stood out and it looked like a real kind of like yeah, an album cover. You know, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm, and I'm yeah. As I'm listening to you talk, it, I, it's very powerful to hear you know someone who's on the cover and who was behind the concept talk about it as you're looking at it. And you know, the word that's kind of and it's coming to mind here is it's really uh. Oh, let me think about the word here. It's 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 very. I don't, I'm not even sure I know the word. It, it's it's very raw and it's very uh. And you had mentioned it's very. This is us, and there's there's no. There's no, I mean, very minimal filters. There's just, this is who we are. And coming from Joanna Gruesome, I mean, I have uh, peanut butter. And, you know, it's, it's it's obviously a very, very different look in terms of, you know, the album artwork. And 
Um, but you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of an art geek and, um, for me, it, it passes, it passes the, mm -hmm. does the artwork support the music and it, and it does. And, but yet there's still, as I'm looking at the back now, it, it does, it does still leave a little bit to the imagination. So if I saw this, I'd be like, okay, cool. I get it. it it's well done. Looks great. But I'm still not really sure what it sounds like until I listen to it and then I come back to the artwork and I'm like, it works. So mm. very cool. I, I, I love it. I, um, I, you know, I love, I have, I love having designers and, and folks talk on, on this podcast and even in my, my regular life um, about those concepts because I'm not a, a designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I do appreciate good, good art. And so love it. Um, mm. We're going to go ahead and listen to another track. And this happens to be uh, one of my favorites from the album. Uh, we had spoke about it earlier. There, there's a there's a video which um, I believe has some of the same look to it. It may have been done the same time. I'm not really sure. Um, but this is we're gonna go ahead and hear the track "No Other Way," and I would definitely recommend uh, looking up on YouTube or wherever you can find it. It's kind of everywhere um, because I think it gives you a real glimpse into the band and and how they perform. So let's go ahead and give "No Other Way" a listen.
I've, I noticed during the video because I've watched it probably 50 times, 75 times in the last day or so. Um, that is there your your character you're changing out with somebody else i think right yeah we're we're, we're all changing out with <laughs> oh you with are other people and the, the problem was it was like that was kind of the concept for the video but it was so it's actually so subtle like everyone and like we everyone looks so similar to us that it's yeah. <laughs> just gets a bit lost as a concept i think <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I caught it like out of the out of like the cor- like the corner of my eye one time, and I was like, I was like, wait a minute, that that's not Owen. Like that person, the, Owen wasn't wearing a necklace, and now this person is. And the giveaway as a guitar player myself, I'm like, that person's not holding a guitar the way a guitar player would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it. I think it was too subtle to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It was really neat. It was kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it was actually a question I had, but I scratched it at the end. So hey, it made it anyway. Um, so, you know, while I was doing research and like I said, I do a lot for this, um, you know, I, I saw that, and I don't know if this was just by chance or you can get every album at target, but you know, here in the U S and I'm not sure how, how prevalent target is the rest of the world, but here it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, I used to work at target. I met my wife at target. Target means a lot to the, to the, the, the vinyl Detroit podcast family. Um, did, did yeah, you... I know, I know the, I know the cultural, relevance of <laughs> okay good um so it was it was one of my buying options when i was online so i thought that was really really interesting and they had and it said like order now hurry six left and i was like are people really buying this album wow, from target? Six, six, six left in target i mean i didn't even know it was on sale in target yeah yeah I, don giovanni have been hustling clearly yeah, yeah, no, that was, it was just, I was staring at it for a minute. I'm like, I have to ask. And I, so I said, I'm going to put it in the context of something I wanted to know. So, um, you know, while you, while you guys were writing and recording the album and producing it, I mean, did you feel it would have, you know, some level of, of, of mass appeal or, or of appeal um, like that? And, and how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I don't know, really. Like, I, I think... It's certainly like the album that I've been involved with that I'm most proud of, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I felt like we had something, you know, like like I knew that we just had like we'd spent years like compiling all those songs, and I knew that they were like catchy tunes. Sure. I I guess I guess I didn't re- we didn't really like have any particular. Uh, awareness of how, if whether it would be pop where like popular or not really I, I think i'm not i'm still not entirely sure like <laughs> how popular it is you know? <laughs> but, but like do you know i mean yeah it's strange to me to me it feels like compared to say the joanna gruesome albums it's a lot, a lot to me like seems like it should be more accessible or popular yeah. um but i think it's you know i think in the music press and stuff these things can can be a bit sort of arbitrary sometimes yeah for sure you know i uh at the same time that that the prefect version because i think that one came out first if i'm not mistaken um on my on my instagram feed it was like it was like wham 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 and i kept seeing it and i'm like what is this and then that's when my friend mario's like hey have you have you heard the new you know prefect release and i was like no i'm like but i I keep seeing it everywhere and everyone's like (laughs) you know, this is the best, this is a, you know, this is the best thing we've heard. And, you know, it's, it's nostalgic and blah, blah, blah. And so, I mean, to me, it, it, it is 
as appealing as the genre that you happen to play in can be, in my opinion. Um, oh, great. So yeah, I mean, great. yeah, I, I imagine it was quite pumped into your algorithm. <laughs> Could be. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I said it out loud one time. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, that's really nice to hear. Thank yeah, you. No doubt. Uh, you know, we, we had had some conversation previously uh, when I was getting ready for this. Uh, kind of one of those oh no moments um, because I was going to ask you about how you got hooked up with um, Prefect because you know what what Mark and and the rest of the folks there are doing at least on this side of the pond in my eyes is is really really cool and um, you know I love the Mount Misery uh, the tubs I mean you guys I, there's 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 been a really good run there um, what's been your relationship with Prefect. Uh, well, so, um, Mark, we met Mark because he just would come to the X Void shows. And, um, at first I didn't realize he, he was in the field mice. <laughs> and obviously I'm, I'm a big field mice fan. Sure. Um, and he was just like a guy who I chat to after shows. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to start a record label. Do you want to put your record out? And we were like. Yeah, and he's like, "Do you want to, like, do you want to collaborate on starting the label?" And I was like, "Yeah, sounds great." And um, so, so me, so because I'm in the tubs as well, I'm the singer in the tubs. I had no and, idea. Uh, I'm such a jerk. Yeah, I didn't realize that. No, no, because I sing in a, a quite different way in that band. Yeah, so, I didn't know so that. <laughs> it's one of I'm, I live many different lives. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so that's so. Oh my. So we just needed to, um, yeah, we, we just, we just sort of, we were involved in kind of like the aesthetic of the label and like, uh, some of the early releases. I mean, I, I just, like, I, like I say, I li- I'm living a lot of different lives. I don't, I didn't really have time to actually be involved in the, in the, the running of the label. Sure. So I've sort of stepped back from that aspect of things, but. But yeah, it was a real sort of like DIY kind of enterprise. Um, and we were already signed to Don Giovanni at that point. Mm. Um, so and it, yeah, so we just didn't really feel the need to like look for a, for another UK label. I mean, we've always been more popular in America. I mean, I'm not sure exactly why. Um, so I suppose there wasn't a huge amount of like UK label interest at that point anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we didn't. We didn't really try. We didn't really pitch it. To be honest, but. I wonder why that is. I wonder why there's more generally more interest here. Mm. I don't think. I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's more of you, I suppose. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. I mean, when Joanna Greeson was going, we did get quite a bit of attention in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the UK is a, can be a bit less sort of diverse in its taste and what and in what its kind of music press covers. And for, for like the last, say, like five years or so, it's been kind of pretty heavily slanted towards, you know, like uh, post-punk that sounds kind of like, I would say, worse versions of the fall. But, okay. Um, and And I think maybe like making kind of the music we make is pretty out of fashion at, in the UK at the moment. Um, but whereas there's quite, 
yeah, there's there's definitely like pockets of people in the in the US who are quite uh, devoted to that kind of sound, you know. Very very Sarah esque. So, you know, I, you know, if you think back to whether you lived it or read about it, I mean, when when Sarah was you know in its in its heyday, really throughout the label's history, um, you know, they were they were kind well not at the end, but up through the middle they were really like the opposite of what was popular. And so they just mm. kept getting panned and, and the, the press just, I mean, you, you've probably read or heard of, I mean, it was just brutal. The things they were saying about them without even really hearing some of it. So um, it's interesting that, that what you're doing now somewhat parallels that because it's really not the in style or in fashion thing in the UK. But um, I think, I think in the U S we're a little less, we're a little bit less, susceptible to that i mean i think and maybe it's because of the size and just the availability of things but um you know i mean i i still have i mean i have every sarah release and they all get regular play here and um i know it's not like popular amongst anybody but maybe two people i know but i don't really care i just like yeah. it. it's good stuff yeah i agree i mean yeah i think i think the narrative about what's popular in the uk is a bit more sort of centralized and so small mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, I suppose, I suppose like, who knows, like maybe in like two years, like being like uh, melodic will be like the, the end thing here. You know? And then who you'll knows? be doing something else. <laughs> yeah. But then as I say, it's quite weird because I, when I was talking about my multiple lives, like I'm in another band called um, Sniffly and the Knits, which yep. is kind of like a weird kind of punk band. And we're, we're getting a ton of attention here, but like it's, it doesn't really translate to like the fans of say exploit in the U S you know? Yeah, wow. So, so it's really strange. I mean, it's like, I don't know. You're like a, you're like an investor. You're like diversified, right? So yeah, like, yeah. my if, portfolio is, yeah. is very diverse. <laughs> you know, if you write them all out, one of them's popular at some point. Yeah. <laughs> not making any money, but diverse. <laughs> active portfolios there we go <laughs> we should trademark that um, so you know i guess i'd like to maybe jump back to a, a, one more kind of joanna gruesome um a question and i know we've kind of touched on it a little bit in different answers you've given it's been it's just been great here talking to you um i guess if you had to take and characterize maybe in like a couple sentences the difference uh, between what you guys did with that project and then with X Void, I mean, what would that be? Just for someone listening who's maybe who's maybe heard Joanna Gruesome but hasn't gotten to X Void yet, or someone who's new to X Void but hasn't gone back to listen to some of the Joanna Gruesome things, how do you how do you kind of summarize that difference? I would say that it we're trying to kind of heighten the pop aspect of mm -hmm. Joanna Gruesome, but hopefully without, uh, you know, um, relinquishing the kind of the drive and aggression of, of that band yeah. and hopefully make something that's a bit more mature in the process. You know? hmm. I think it's well said. I totally agree. I mean, you would know better than anybody. <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, hey, I didn't know you were in the tub, so uh, 
you know, shame on me, my research. You were tough, though. I, I Like I told you, you guys were tough to figure out. I should have caught that one. But um, we're going to go ahead and hear a song, and I actually placed it here on purpose because I think it has um, some of those elements of, of Joanna Grusom in it. Um, and, and so when you hear it in the beginning, pay attention to kind of that one movement, and then all of a sudden you start to hear, you know, X-Void coming out the other end. So uh, we're going to go ahead and give uh, Chemical Reaction a listen. So again, I am super excited here to be joined by Owen Williams from uh, X-Void and Joanna Gruesome, and we are talking about uh, X-Void's album Bigger Than Before, which came out uh, earlier this year on Prefect Records uh, outside of the U.S., at least in Europe. I'm not really sure the distribution. And then here in the U.S., uh, I know Don Giovanni has uh, has released it. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the lyrics and, um, you know, you, you had mentioned that there was a lot of care put into those, and I, and I would completely agree, which really kind of drove this question. Um, you know, I just find a lot of sincerity in them when I, when I listen to them kind of critically. Uh, were, were the lyrics that you and Lan wrote uh, mainly from like a first-person perspective, or was a majority of it done maybe more on like fictional characters? I mean, I just kind of want to get a little bit of insight into that. Mm. Well, I would say I can't that confidently speak for Lan, but sure. um, I think from what I gather, like Lan's lyrics are um, first kind of first person or like uh, perhaps a bit more sort of literary and from 
from life, I assume. I mean, you'd have to ask them. Sure, but, I understand. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I tend I tend to write. So I write fiction uh, outside of music, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I tend I tend to kind of have a kind of uh, yeah. It tends to be fiction lyrics wise. I tend to try and write like pop lyrics in the kind of traditional style, you know, mm-hmm. um, make them, I use quite a lot of tropes and I use quite a lot of like sort of bubblegum type pop imagery, but, but I do quite like to add something. Uh, it's like a similar sort of tension with the music really. I like, I like to add something a bit unsettling or dark or like, kind of strange into the mix there um but they don't tend to really they, they probably sort of reflect certain like uh, attitudes they have towards things like relationships but they don't they're not really actually about my life although my my girlfriend who's a psychotherapist might might argue otherwise <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no dating a therapist dangerous <laughs> that's funny um so I did come across, and, and you know, I, I just thought it was, I, I was surprised, but I came across the cover of uh, Arthur Russell's I Couldn't Say It To Your Face, and, you know, I, I love that song, and um, when, I, when I saw that it was on here, I was just like, I couldn't wait to hear what your take was on it. Why, why did the band choose to cover that? I, I mean, I can't really remember why. Yeah. I, I, I think we've just loved... We love Arthur Russell, like me and Lance. It's like one of those artists that we we're both like huge kind of enthusiasts sure. about. And so, um, and sometimes, yeah, I mean, it, you, we, you, I just learn a lot of songs when I'm at home, mm. and I and I and I kind of like was playing around with that, and I was like, this kind of sounds like some of the songs off the X Void album. So mm-hmm. I was like, what if we just you know, changed the rhythm, turned it into like a kind of like driving full force or rhythm um, and see what comes out. And, and we, because we also, we were also playing around with a cover of like um, Lonely Girls by Lucinda Williams. And so I think that, I think you may hear in the album that it's like a slight sort of alt country twinge going on. Um, And so and we, me and Lan were listening to a lot of stuff like you know, like those Arthur Russell country albums, mm-hmm. Lucinda Williams, and and I think we just toured with Waxahachie at that Ooh. point. Um, yeah. So we we were kind of like you know just we just happened to be listening to a lot of that that music, um, and that cover just kind of clicked, and and we we didn't. I mean, it's a, it's a, such an important artist. I didn't want to get too like precious about about the arrangement or anything. I just wanted it to be like a fun take on like a really nice song that maybe like not a huge amount of people have heard because it's not one of his most like famous sure. songs. You know? But you know, if you if you listen to the original, and I would you know, if anybody hears this album and and hears that song, you're first going to think it's just an X Void song. Um, but if you go back and you listen to the Russell version. Uh, I think you're going to be pretty surprised that it's it's very different, um, very very. I, I mean, I'm not 
sure what genre that falls into, but I guess the first one I'm thinking of is it has a country feel to it. Yeah, it's quite sort of like maybe a bit sort of Jackson Brownie or yeah. something that 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 the original. And I like it when you can just we take a song and kind of t- like uh, incorporate it into the world of of the album, like yep. that you're making. You know, I love so that too. I only ever cover a song if, I, if it feels like that makes sense to do. Yeah, because there's really no sense in in taking a song. I mean, we both know this, and, and just performing it the way the original. I mean, there's just no point um, because you're you're most of the time you're not going to do better than the original if you do that. So you're better off to take it and and you know really make it your own. And in this case, again, I, I think it's you know if someone isn't familiar with that, they would they would completely think that that's just an X-Word song. It just it. Which is which is neat. It's weird because it I is. feel like not many people like do that. They just like when people cover it, they 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 cover stuff really faithfully, and I find that right. quite strange because like, what's the, what the hell's the point? That's what I say. I mean, you're not you're not going to most likely do better than the original if you try to stick to that formula. Like, why would you do it? I know. Yeah, yeah. especially with something like that song. Oh, for sure, for sure. So you know, we we did talk a little bit about uh, Arthur Russell's "I Couldn't Say It to Your Face," uh, which. X Void covers, so I thought it'd be really appropriate to hear that track here. So we're gonna go ahead and give uh, "I Couldn't Say It to Your Face" a listen. I couldn't say it to your face. I won't be around anymore. I couldn't say it to your face. I won't be I speak to and you know a lot of them dodge the question and I and I get why um, because you know once you've once you've put you know an album out or you know your piece of art it's hard to go back and say yeah I wish I'd have done this differently or that differently some people are hypercritical and they're never done um, but I guess I wanted to ask you and, and I guess you're going to kind of have to speak for the band in some in some way here but are there any regrets or anything that you would change looking back on this album and the making of it and the time in which it was made um, now having that retrospect, that opportunity to look back? Mm, yeah. I mean, a slightly boring answer, but I, I would have just put more harmonies on it and stuff. I would have mm-hmm. like, cause again, I think like we, we, we were slightly sort of, 
<laughs> like even though the whole intention was to make something very poppy we were kind of holding back a bit still you know like mm -hmm. I feel like we still had that slight sort of insecurity where we were like we don't want to make this too too kind of like lush or melodic um but now I now I listen to it and I think we could have pushed that aspect further we could have pushed maybe some of the aggressive aspects a bit further and but but I mean that's kind of informing how we're writing our new record and oh and so right. hopefully so i think it's it's always it's nice to have a bit of progression i think yeah I, that's what i was thinking when you were talking about it i feel like you know of course me listening to it is very different than you listening to it and i i would be like don't change a thing you know that's kind of my first thought is it's like it's just like perfect the way yeah, it is i think you can overdo like set like like the, the harmonies and stuff so you might be right i mean who knows like all my, you always just have like once you've listened to something a million times you always have these weird little bugbears that you carry yeah. with you I think. there's no doubt yeah there's no doubt yeah i would i would um i wouldn't i wouldn't change it the the album obviously if, if you ever had a chance to go back and do some weird like car seat headrest re-recording of your whole album <laughs> um you know i, I just i it's like it can't in my eyes it can't be made better it's just gonna make it less better i'm not sure if that's the way to put it but um no i, I yeah. it's interesting you know that 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 that's kind of the evolution i would agree i mean you know whatever you guys are working on next i mean that that makes sense to to add more harmonies and there's there's some little keyboard parts on the album that i think are just perfectly placed but they kind of mm -hmm. leave me wanting more too so you know i'm sure that that's you know, all in the next, the next album. Yeah. I, th I think it's good to, it's good to have some sort of like some boundaries around it because otherwise you just tinker forever and like oh. make, start making kind of like insane decisions. So, oh, for sure. I mean, the whole thing took like years anyway, just because of COVID and like various logistical reasons. So if, if I had my way, we would have, we'd probably still be making the bloody thing. <laughs> you know, I did read, and I, and I think this probably fits into the uh, maybe not true part, um, just having recorded and, and worked in a studio myself. The, you know, we recorded it in an hour with very minimal. <laughs> you know, at, at one point I read it, and I'm like, well, may, maybe. But then the mm. more I've listened to it, I'm like, uh no way yeah. <laughs> yeah that that was that was literally an in joke just for the band because because we had spent so long making right. this album and then i thought we just thought it'd be funny to say yeah just we just had an hour free in the afternoon and we went in laid it all down you know got some lunch and it and yeah so so it's a bit of a stupid thing to put in our press release but we just thought it was funny. It was just purely to make us all laugh because it's, it had been so drawn out. It's very like uh, it's very rock and roll. So you know, like it's one thing we're gonna we're gonna tell the public something that you know isn't true, but yet could be. And at the same time, you know, what also is very rock and roll is to say like the My Bloody Valentine story, where we you know we we spent four years, twenty studios, we put creation out of business. That's yeah. very rock and roll too. Yeah. I guess that was true. <laughs> it was true. <laughs> that's the bad. That's the scary part. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think to be honest, like if you're like a really big band, you can it sort of get away with it more. It's sort of less impressive if we're making up stuff for like a few <laughs> yeah, right. hundred people or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I, I love. I love the fact that you know when when again when Mark said 
most of the things you read online aren't true. I was like, what am I getting into? <laughs> like, it's going to be really hard. Yeah, um, the strange world of Exxon. Yeah, right, right, the mystery. Um, so I guess, you know, I'm, I have one more question here. And, um, you know, I guess I'm kind of looking to find out uh, from from you, kind of looking forward uh, for the band. Uh, you know, if you were to to say, you know, success for X-Void is this, what would that be? Oh, I don't really know. I mean, I think it's just, I think it's quite a diff, strange kind of concept at the moment because, you know, I live, I live with uh, someone who's, who's in a really big band at the moment, uh-huh. this band called Porridge Radio. And, and I think like for a long time we were in Joanna Gruesome say, and I think we achieved it to a certain extent. We was like, we wanted that lifestyle of, you know, being all across the music press, touring around the world, living that kind of like, uh, you know, like a, quite a, a, a sort of lauded sort of nonstop kind of lifestyle. And, but I do think those things are quite fleeting. And I, and I think for us, we've sort of realized that success is, you know, uh, making an album that we're really proud of and sustaining the band over years and being able to like keep producing records and you know building a a fan base over time I think rather than sort of looking for like fanfare so I think for so I think our sort of concept of what success means is like shifted over the years um but obviously we'd like as many people to like you know <laughs> like our album as possible but but we're not we're not trying we're not really like hustling in the same way we used yeah. to. But even like I mean even like Joanna Gruesome, uh, you know that was I mean that was a lot of success like really fast and really early in in a career and at least it seemed like it to me. I mean from what I know about the band and yeah yeah it happened all in like a year after Lana joined. We were right. all we were all like in university at the time. We were like eighteen. So it was a bit of a whirlwind, but I think in a way like that kind of caused the band to slightly implode. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with with Void, it's sort of we're a bit more like sensitive about how we're how we're approaching it, and we're trying to like make it something that can exist, uh, you know, um, in our lives and mm. and and not sort of like take over and bleed into my my many other lives you know? right very interesting yeah you know i having been a, having been a part of you know joanna gruesome and now this i mean i see it's almost like this you know as somebody who has children i do and um you know it's almost like you know you're, you're nurturing this one a little differently and you know you're hoping that it grows up to be um you know a big x void but it grows up to be the right the right project and it can sustain itself and it doesn't burn out from from just burning so hot at some point and uh really interesting actually it was a really good answer <laughs> really makes me think <laughs> um yeah it's not like a horse that we're just like whipping into so <laughs> right right yeah right it's totally different um so yeah that 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 kind of concludes our discussion today uh with owen williams of x void um, Owen, thank you so much. I mean, I, I, I really, I can't, I can't express, and I've said it a lot, but I'm, I'm a fan and I can't help it, but I can't really express how much 
this album is meaning to me right now and how much I really believe in the future. And if anybody's made it this far through the podcast, I hope you have, um, please give, give this album a listen. I very accessible. Um, nothing's too long. Uh, and I, and I, I all but guarantee you, you'll come back for another listen and then probably another listen after that. And then you'll really understand why I love this album so much. So again, Owen, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Great. to talk to you. Absolutely. We're going to kind of close out the show here uh, with another one of my favorite tracks from the album. It was actually going to be the first song I played. Um, I probably spend about an hour trying to figure out the the song order. And I know that sounds like completely ridiculous, but um, we're going to go ahead and close the show out here with the song Boyfriend. And once again, Owen, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. you enjoyed this episode of the vinyl detroit podcast uh, i had the pleasure of speaking with owen williams of x void uh, i really think that uh, they are going places i know there's some work on a new album some new material they've been playing alive a lot lately and um, my my only wish is that they'd come to the u.s owen if you're listening um, i would love to see you guys here someday i don't know that i'm going to have the ability to come to the uk but uh, if i do i'm going to try and time it in a way to see you guys uh, as always, you can hear this and previous episodes of this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Feel free to leave me a comment, uh, leave me a rating, uh, just reach out and say hi. Uh, I, I, I put a lot of time and energy into this, and uh, I truly enjoy my conversations with all of these really, really talented individuals. So again, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Do I come in now? or? My baby sees me From the corner of his eye 